Episode 2 of the Unprofessional Series presented by Bodyboard King. Make sure you go check out their new website for the sweetest deals in bodyboarding. On this episode, I have a woman who is quite interesting. She is a bit of a charger. Um, She spent a lot of time in the Canary Islands mixing it up over there. Her name is Violetta Herrera. Her friends in Australia, though, they call her Mini Stevie, and this is because... She cares for creatures great and small. She is a vet by trade. And in this episode of the podcast, we talk a little bit about growing up and bodyboarding in the Canary Islands. How did she find herself in Australia? What does she love about the place? And also a bit about her work as a vet. It's really disgusting in most parts. And um, if you get to see her work on Instagram, you will see that it is not always pretty, but there are some very cute times um, with some of these animals. From time to time. So here's episode two. It's a really interesting yarn and a huge thanks to Bodyboard King for supporting the podcast. Check it out. Righty. I have a sweaty Canary Islander on the podcast with me now for the unprofessional series. Violeta Herrera, I welcome you. Bienvenidos a podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually sweating a little bit. <laughs> You're a little bit nervous. This was a sudden request for a podcast interview. Uh, we hadn't spoken through Instagram in a little while, but we're yeah. here now and we're doing a podcast and I'm really stoked to have you on board because we met in Hawaii uh, in 2020. I think it was the Hawaii season 2020. Yeah, just before uh, COVID. Um, yeah, just before COVID just changed the world on us. Um, well, you were hanging. It, <laughs> yeah, it was actually happening. Yeah, I only just got back in time. I think yeah. you did too. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Dane, up there at Byron Bay, up at the Osteo, at uh, Tonic Osteo in Byron Bay. Dane, he connected us up. He said, oh, you two were in Hawaii at the same time. You should go for a boog. And we did. And I think you even dropped in on me at Pipeline. That was a lot of fun. That was cool. <laughs> No, it was my only chance to get a go away. Well, that was my only chance too. I wasn't going to drop on the locals. Oh, cool. So this white guy from Australia is dropping on in. That's cool though. I was more than happy to share that wave with you. Anyway, I just really loved learning about some of the work you do whilst also being such a passionate bodyboarder from a place like the Canary Islands, which is so big in bodyboarding today, like it is like pretty much the leading country, or country, I'm sure some Canarians would call it a country, but the leading place, yeah, yeah, it's the leading place for for bodyboarding in the world. So tell the listener, like, where are you from and how did you get to where you're sitting? All right. So I'm actually, I lived in the Canaries. Yeah. Uh, long enough that I kind of uh, call it home. Yeah. But I was actually born in mainland. In oh, Spain. wow. So, there you go. I um, didn't know that bit. I'm, I'm like from the dry. <laughs> I actually grew up in the mountains. Uh-huh. I, my sports growing up were um, snowboarding, skiing, and I was a semi-professional figure skater. Oh. That's through my... Right, <laughs> 
I didn't know that bit. <laughs> well, it's kind of like it's pretty hidden in the archives there. Like okay. there was no, no, I don't know, no Facebook, no Instagram. Amazing. I have some old videos from that in the competitions in VHS. VHS, wow. yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'll have to dig on that one when wow. I go back home. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, then um, I moved to the Canaries uh, for university and uh, yeah, I just kind of like, um, it just felt home. It just felt like, um, yeah, like it, actually when I, every time I go back to Spain, I, I go to the Canaries. I, mom and dad are still in mainland, but it, like my home is the Canaries. It's what yeah. I kind of like um, feel yeah, it's, it's what I identify myself with. Cool. Uh, so I was a really late, uh, I had a later start on the surfing bodyboarding world. Yeah. I was, I think it was 17. Okay. Or eight. I would have been 17. Yeah, around 17 years old. Uh, I, I have no idea. I was the biggest cook. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a tomboy, so I kind of like just follow the boys around. Mm. And I'll just do whatever they do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were just bodyboarding. So I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. And um, at the time, it was very funny because I, well, being 17, I was like just 10, 18 then. I was the only one of the only person with a own a car. Hey, Nemo. Wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> so basically, I had a, like, um, yeah, some of the boys from the Canaries, they have big names. But uh, at the time, I was the only one with the car. So yeah. they would literally use me <laughs> to take them into business. <laughs> <laughs> so because you would have been in, you're in Grand Canaria, like, yeah? You're in the city. Yeah, the biggest fucking cook. And they will be like, oh, yeah, let's go to Frontana. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, you, can, you just come with us. <laughs> we'll teach you. Uh, but yeah, you've got to come and serve the waves we serve. So, um, yeah, I just learned the hard way. <laughs> wow. Wow. So it was a steep introduction. I, I, I honestly thought just because when you meet someone who is at a pipeline and they say they're, you know, from the Canary Islands, I assumed you must have been into it much younger because I mean, just mm. even paddling out a pipeline on a small day, it's still very consequential, but um, so you, you had a very quick introduction to the waves up on in, in Fronton and places like that on your yeah. arrival in the Canaries. That's really cool. Yeah, actually, I was days that I was like, what? The, like, I just was not aware. Mm. I had no, no, I could not descend of what it was dangerous or not. Mm. I was just fucking down into the bit. Interesting. And um, a lot of the time, I did, I, there was sometimes like it was big and I had no fucking clue how I got there and how I was there. But like I was just, I had to, I would just scream. And if I had a mate around me, they would just actually do a duck dive with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't even know how to duck dive. So, yeah. And, um, but obviously, yeah, I got hooked up super quick. Yeah. And um, so, what was it about the yeah. bodyboard though that was attractive to you? Because, like, I'm I'm thinking in that time in the Canaries, that was kind of pretty early still for bodyboarding to be so popular there, or it might have been at the beginning of the popularity um, 
because there was a real moment where the Canaries just suddenly, like everybody was beginning to get into it. So, I mean, what was your attraction to it? Like, was it getting on the bodyboard was like an easy start or was it um, because other people you knew were doing it? Like, why, why the bodyboard? Why did you go there? Maybe, I don't know, like uh, when you say like that, it was, maybe it wasn't at the level of like being worldwide recognized, but mm. in the Canaries, like very little people, yeah. very, very few people said. Yeah. So it's it's like bodyboarding was just like everyone I knew bodyboard. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, I don't know, same as if you grew up in Spain and everyone just plays soccer. Yeah, right? yeah, right. Okay. So... It was what what all my friends did, and then um, probably something that triggered it. Had an ex boyfriend that did bodyboard, and I was I was, like, I was gonna go there. Even I was I gonna assume that there might have been a boy involved. No, no, but like he was fully like I was like I want to learn that I want to do that, and he would just press me off. Like, oh, he just be, yeah, he was never. I was cool. super into it, like, yeah. and um, yeah, he would just never take me uh with him or anything like that so um i was like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna do it. you're done i'm, I'm buying a bodyboard <laughs> this board sleeps with me now not you you're out boards in <laughs> exactly so that i guess that was a little bit of a trigger and a start and then obviously living in the canary island yeah. it's just an easy thing to do yeah. and and to sort of fly um organically fall into like everyone does that yeah so. no it's massive it's- there it's massive there and i mean obviously it's a passion you've kept with yeah. you since that time but i mean i want to go back to the reason why you went there which was university and i'm assuming that that's where you studied to become a veterinarian is that where your veterinarian education began yeah, yeah. beautiful yeah. beautiful yeah. and so tell 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 the listener about that like i mean i you like your instagram is mini stevie and this is when i was introduced to you I said I'll oh, go check out this this chick V and here's her Instagram it says mini Stevie and then I'm like okay so V must be short for Stevie she's just going with V <laughs> to to work with that okay cool all right I get it anyway so you're mini Stevie but why are you called mini Stevie why is this nickname <laughs> all right so um yeah a lot of people actually think my name is Stevie um yeah, basically, I don't know. I just had this um, really bad habit of picking every animal that I found. Yeah. Um, and I was, it was in, I think it was in Indonesia, in uh, Sumbawa. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a, I made friends with like a bunch of Aussie guys. And I was just like, uh, we were in Lakey Peak and uh, we would just go for a beer night time. And, you know, like on the way back home, there was always something. Mm-hmm. So a goat or <laughs> chickens and I would just pack everything. And then one day I just like found a baby goat and I, I just took it to my room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you stole a goat. And, uh, yeah, being <laughs> surrounded with Aussies, they were just calling me. I had no idea who Steve was at yeah. the time. Like this, yeah. like, I don't know, like, way before I lived in Australia. Um, so they were just calling me, oh, Stevie, Stevie, you're like, you know, from a Steve Irwin. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so they just kept calling me that. And then when I kind of 
figured out who he was. I was like, wow, oh, that guy is a fucking legend. It's a great nickname. <laughs> I mean, if there was ever a nickname you'd want, it's that, you know, particularly in your profession. Like, you're a veterinarian and people call you Mini Stevie. It's like, yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, funny enough, like, one of those guys that I – like met in that crew end up being my ex we were together for almost seven years after that yeah right so obviously i moved to school after that uh with him uh yeah to live with him and uh obviously i kept in touch with all his mates and they just kept calling me stevie 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 yeah beautiful I claim that. <laughs> so, so, so you became so you, you you studied to be a veterinarian at university, and so at the time that you were traveling to Indonesia and other places, you were bodyboarding, right? You were going on like bodyboarding trips. I'm guessing. Um, yeah. Were, were you already working as a vet before, like, to fund these trips? Was that your profession? No, I was studying. Uh-huh. I was at uni. Cool. I was just like a get of priorities I guess yeah. like I did I was a student so I didn't have much money but uh I'd never had any any other reason to spend my money on it like but traveling yeah. and um yeah I yeah I didn't have many I guess many expenses I mean you, I could have them but I choose not to and I just kind of focus everything on traveling and, and that's why I, I was just investing my time and my money and everything. So every year I will make sure I will have like at least two months that I'll just go traveling to Indoor or to whatever other way. My, my, my travels were always um, uh, to places where I could surf. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my, my traveling life always revolved um, around where. And then, so you went yeah. to Indo, but where else did you go in these breaks? Because, like, during university, what is this like a five-year degree vet, veterinary, or is it? Was, it... Yeah, it was, it was five, yeah. but I just had a lot of fun. Ah, uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> so actually, took me seven years. <laughs> hey, look, my my arts degree took like nine years. So, like, I know how to stretch out a degree. All right, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, stretch it a little bit. Yeah. Like, um, as I say, like. Usually people wouldn't even travel that you don't have time if you want to go year by year. There is no yeah. time yeah. to have fun. And I, I always prioritize life. Yeah. I mean, like I, I obviously wanted, I was interested in what I was doing, but not to the point of giving up my the best years of my life. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of found a little balance. <laughs> my parents weren't that happy about that, but I mean, like, you know, yeah. I look back now and I wouldn't have that any other way. Well, um, you can tell them like you made it onto a bodyboarding podcast as a result of all those trips. You know, it's led <laughs> to this point now, the absolute celebrity those status of appearing on the Laboogie podcast. You've made it. You've you've made it. Mum and Dad, I made it. It was all worth it. <laughs> um so where did you go during these? Where were your trips? Like where were you often going to? Like obviously Indo, but where else did you go during these breaks from university? Oh, I actually came to Australia. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Australia was one of my first. I, I went. Yeah, I went to the states, California, and then I came to Australia and uh, an Indo. I think those were kind of like. The places I was going. Cool. 
uh, more. And uh, yeah, the moment I came to Australia, it was just like love at first sight. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, I remember uh, I was with my friend. I was traveling with one of my friends from the Canaries. And when we hopped back in the plane, I told her, like we were just taking off and I, just, I was looking through the window and I told her, yeah. Olivia. Really? I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but uh, just, you know, believe me, I'm going to live here. And, yeah. That's great. <laughs> I mean, as a as a veterinarian or as a studying, you know, a training um, vet science, you know, did you get to Australia and just, you obviously, I'm assuming you saw the animals and you thought they must have been kind of cool too. Like, were they a surprising aspect yeah. of the whole experience? Oh, it, it, I was just obsessed with all the Australian animals. But, like, reality is when you, like, once you're in the job, it's not like, as excited and, like, you don't get to see the Australian animals as much as you would yeah. like unless you, um, you're, like, a zoo vet or uh, you're working wildlife, which is not usually a paid job. So... You mm. kind of have to do that on the side, but you know, um, you need sort of like dogs and cats basically to sustain yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a, we still, I still got to sort of like play with like the cool weird animals, <laughs> weird animals. Um, yeah, it was not the routine or the day, it wasn't on a daily basis. Yeah. Like a wake up, like reality, reality slab, but which is it's fine. Like, I was still happy about it. <laughs> That's cool. So, I mean, with um, we we'll get back to the bodyboarding in a little bit, but I want to learn a bit more about your you know your career in in being a vet because it's a super interesting space, and you know, like everybody, like I mean, wow, everybody's got it. Like a lot of people have pets. Like it's huge. Like it's a huge thing in life. And I mean, what what drew you to that type of study in the first place? Like, or what is it that you love about your job? Like, what what do you love about it? I, to be honest, like it's something that I was really um, determined since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I was always, yeah, I just loved animals so much that I it was not, yeah, like I don't, I don't know if it was vocation, I don't know, like but since I was a kid, I was just super determined. I want to be a vet. I want to be a vet. Wow. I be a vet. That's cool. And it wasn't actually until just before enrolling to uni where I actually shut myself a little bit. Yeah. And I always didn't do it because I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. You know, it, it, there is a little bit, like there is a difference between uh, loving animals and actually being a vet. It's, it's, it's two different things. And I, I again, had to figure that out the hard way. Um, mm. After being at uni for so long and then like coming to the workforce and I was like, holy shit. You know, it's a little bit more harder than just playing with puppies and kittens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we often just get covered in shit. And I was going to say, like, isn't it just a lot of dealing with animal shit? Isn't it just mostly being covered in shit? And human shit too. Oh, right? wow. That's great. Human bullshit because oh. they're the ones that pay the bills. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so with that, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, there's also this aspect I think about, like, you, you can love an animal but then – you know, when you've got a scalpel in your hand and you've got to cut into that, you know, if you've got to do some kind of surgery or like, is it, was there, was it hard to start to do that as well? Like in your experience, because vets, like, are you, a, are you a vet that's using a scalpel and like chopping things open and fixing stuff? Is that what you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, to be honest, I think probably when I when I was at uni, I was like a bit traumatized by certain things. But I think the moment I got into the workforce, like it was a total. I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I guess some people is just built for that, mm. and uh, I wasn't really phased by it. Cool. Like I, I feel like uh, I used to work with. Uh, for a um, orthopedic surgeon in Sydney, and um, we used to do like really heavy brutal surgeries, like orthopedic. It's just like yeah, and uh, I was thriving. Yeah. I was thriving on it. Like the more the messier the messier it gets, the more exciting. I, I don't know. Like I was. So describe yeah, this. That- describe this <laughs> messiness to to me because you're saying orthopedics. Like, is that bones? Is that like bones and joints? Like what's the what's that one? Uh yeah, like obviously, like I don't know, uh, yeah, but like involving sort of like uh, I don't know, like fracture repairs yeah. or like uh, knee reconstructions sure. or like even like uh, the whole amputation yeah. of like a uh, arm, like it's got like to me and things like that. Yeah, uh, or I don't know, spinal surgery as well. Like spinal surgery is a very big yeah, but uh, something that just really. And is this really like operating graphic? on like I'm a really... horse or something like? Is this like on a on a horse or a cow or like what? What are the no? I don't. I've like? never like. Yeah, usually I've always I've never done uh, farming animals or like uh-huh. uh, horses or anything like that. So I've only done uh, a kind of like, um, yeah, I've only done domestic um, uh-huh. domestic animals, right. which is pretty much all involves is like dogs and cats. Dogs and cats. Um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so, what was your question again? Sorry, just I about like, like the got, mess, like, you know, like yeah. you, you're saying, like sometimes it can get really messy, and like describe the yeah. process of that mess. You know, like what's a what's the most challenging operation that you've had to do, and you know, give us some details, give us something to learn, and to to try and uh, be in your be in your shoes. You know. My favorites, they're, they're probably the easiest one and they're not the, a difficult one, mm. uh, but like it's say an abscess. Oh, okay, right? yeah. Like it's like, those are my favorites. So, what's an abscess? Uh, what's an abscess? It's like a sort of like a cyst, mm-hmm. um, full of pass and just crimps, <laughs> just crap. <laughs> and uh, yeah, most of the time it kind of like just burst, and usually oh, that's when that sounds gross. Uh, honestly, Bring uh, uh, the animals to the vet. It's like, oh, something's coming out. Like, it's I had this lamb for so long, but now it's like it's some good stuff yeah. coming out. Uh, so, yeah, those are like super easy sort of things. Yeah. Uh, it's not an invasive uh, thing, it doesn't require like to open abdomen or anything yeah. like that, but like they're really disgusting. <laughs> really awesome. Uh, Sorry, did you say they're really not- disgusting and they're really awesome? <laughs> That's great. Okay. Yeah, if if there is an abscess coming through the door, uh, call like, my yeah, name. I'm like, yeah, I'm up for it. <laughs> some people, See, some people run away. I just like, I. I couldn't it. imagine anything worse. Like that's just it's so like gross giant, to me. It's like a giant pimp. Yeah. You know, like all you do is just squeeze and just all the shit comes out. And it's like, do you ever get it in um, your face and stuff? Like, does it, does it kind of spray out? Oh, yeah. Really? Well, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and that's disgusting. Yeah. And stinks. 
and it stinks. Yeah. Can you describe <laughs> the smell? Like, what does it what does it smell like when it comes out of a dog? It's like rotten. What's that? Rotten. Something rotten. rotten. Like something really off, like putrid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a dead body, pretty much. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you love it. People are going to think I'm a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's exactly right. But this is really gross and I love it and that's what I hoped would happen on this podcast episode. Um, so how long have you been a practicing vet for now? And you and and I'm I'm assuming that the majority of your work has been in Australia with Australian anim- like Australian pets, right? Because you graduated and yeah. kind of came here, yeah? Yeah, yeah, pretty much graduated. Like I practiced a little bit uh, in Spain, yeah. uh, but... By the time I was, I met, I met my ex just before I was still at uni. So I kind of like, before I even finished mm. uni, I was already with one, one foot in Australia. So yeah. yeah, like I pretty much came here straight away. That's cool. That's cool. And you've been based up in Byron Bay. Is that where you kind of landed when you got here? Has that been home now for quite some time for you? Or have you been around? Uh, well, it's been home for- it's been home for the last four and a half. Okay. Four years, four and a half, I think. Uh, I land in Sydney. In Sydney. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna say Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney. Sydney. Oh. Hi to all the Sydney listeners. Nah, <laughs> uh, nah. <laughs> just, just, it's just my accent. <laughs> But so, I mean, when you got here, I feel like this is like a fun question to ask because like were there, were there any bodyboarders that you were looking up to in Australia that you were just kind of like frothing on? You're like, you know, I really want to, if I get to surf with so-and-so, I'd be so stoked. Like is it, were there any bodyboarders here that you were kind of frothing on? Yeah, actually. Uh, I mean, but they were they they were mates already, so oh, it was okay. awesome. Oh, cool. Um, actually, Benny. Uh, Call him Benny Baguth, Benny Ben Playa. Oh yeah. Um. I, yeah. I um. Uh, like I when I moved to Australia, like I, I was living in the Northern Beaches, and um, uh-huh. I lived there for almost seven years. Uh. Ah. And at the beginning, like I had no idea uh where to go, or like I had. I mean, like my, my ex is a stand-up surfer, so like the kind of waves he would uh froth on it were a little bit different and uh yeah. it was actually actually was a bit I, I lost my motivation for a while because i was like sure. oh shit like i kind of like miss the waves at home and things like that so yeah um i ran into ben a few times because it was at the time living there. I, I lived in avalon yeah and yeah I was that's his home Colorado. yeah yeah i was in between mainly Colorado. yeah and uh, so I ran into him a few times and I was like, please, can you take me? Can I come? Can I come? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Can, I, can you piggyback me? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he actually saw me this unbelievable wave that I'm Ooh. so thankful for. Um, it was, uh, I don't know, should I say it? Oh, what the waves? Me, you can keep it secret. It's not a secret. Yeah, well, then it's you can talk about it. Uh, yeah, it's in Avalon. It's, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, everybody was in little Av. Yeah. Uh, he introduced me to that web. He introduced me to the locals, and it was 
yeah, it was just like a life changing. Um, I was just there every time it'll be on. And uh, yeah, the locals, they, they were just awesome. They embraced me as one, as like one of them. That's great. And yeah, I was just like, Frothing. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I didn't know that bit yeah. of your story. I didn't. I didn't know this before this podcast. So that's super interesting. So you literally just harassed Ben Player to show you some spots, and he he eventually said yes. Yeah, he didn't saw me. He obviously <laughs> didn't. He only saw me the ones that you know I was gonna figure out myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, <Anyways>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows how to keep his secrets. Yeah, I totally. I totally respect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was nice that he kind of like introduced me to the community, and um, yeah, it was awesome. It was. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Really, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like this this passion with bodyboarding, like it it did. You you kind of I don't know. It's interesting. I'm assuming that COVID has been a real pain in your ass, like most people. You know, like you obviously yeah. traveled a lot. You had this kind of lifestyle of. You know, we met in Hawaii, so you were you you're going to all the spots still. You know, you're still getting out there and enjoying it. Like, what were your was that your first time to Hawaii, or was that like a, um, yeah? So, what did you take yeah, from it? Was it a was it a positive experience for you looking back? Like, oh, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and and you know all the shit I went through in that trip. Yeah, like yeah. it was just a, <laughs> it was just a roller coaster of yeah. like your shit happening. But I, I always say like. I'm really good at getting myself yeah. into trouble, but I'm, I'm even better at getting myself out of it. And I always take the, I always take the learning, and uh, it's it's an experience, you know. And like, if I have to balance everything, it was like an unbelievable trip, and I, I would choose it like a hundred times. I will go again, and I would change. And you'll like, drop in on Josh again at five again, and you'll. <laughs> 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 there was um, a lot of good things that came out of it, but things too. So yeah, sure. Well, I'd like to think that yeah. this is a good thing that we we're now talking on a podcast a couple of years later. Uh, it was it's it's really nice to like you know when I met you there and you were just like paddling out and you were kind of just like not holding back or anything like that. I was like, wow, this this chick's pretty serious yeah. about this stuff. Like, this is really cool. I was- you know what stuff every yeah. fucking day. Yeah, yeah. It was great. It was great. And um I was like, Yeah, well it should. It's a dangerous just spot. Pretend, just pretend you know what you're doing. It's a dangerous <laughs> wave, you know. Like it's it's and it's very I think like with pipeline, it's really deceptive because we sit on the beach and we watch the wave and we're just sitting in sand and yeah, you know, it it's very harmless, it. it's very familiar. And then when you paddle out, you just trick yourself into thinking it's still the same sand stretching out there, and then you look underneath, and you're like, "Shit, this mm. is all rocks. This is this isn't good." Um, so yeah, it can be quite deceptive. I never, I never, yeah, I never look underwater. Yeah, ever. I I I snorkel I sometimes. Never it's a big open mistake. My eyes. I was tempted. <laughs> I was tempted, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not. I'm just gonna keep living that I'm just like sitting on a sandbank. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> illusion. It's a good illusion. But, yeah, but I think it's really cool. But, I mean, like, I, I guess as, like, a closing statement, like, this this podcast, it's a it, this series is just about kind of talking to people about their passions for bodyboarding, but they're also their passions in the rest of their life. And, you know, given that it's a bodyboarding podcast, I mean, what's your kind of, you know, women in bodyboarding, it's kind of this, it's, you could say it seems like it's growing, um, but it's still not really everywhere, you know, like, you're still kind of like the small number of this kind of group and you know what what kind of message do you have for any women out there who 
who who kind of think about it, but then they don't really feel like they can. You know, they might have that boyfriend that's not, you know, letting them do it for some weird reason. You know, like, oh, what's your advice to them? Like, what's your, what are your final words? Oh, like, just do it regardless. Like, you don't need, like, you, I, I literally learned on my own. Like, mm. it was, it's, it's just a matter of do you want it to do it? And, like, you don't need to follow anyone's step. You can just, yeah. Yeah, like fuck your boyfriend. <laughs> he'll be like, he'll be looking at like if he ever, you know, that first one. Like if he ever looks at sis and he pictures at me, seven, he'll be oh fuck, she, <laughs> she actually did mean it. The <laughs> <laughs>